Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Now, over the last couple of nights, we've been mesmerised by what is described as a blood moon. And uh, Brad Tucker is an astrophysicist and astronomer from Mount Stromlo Observatory in uh, Canberra. Um, Brad, good morning to you. How's it going? Mate, very, very well. I really appreciate your time. I don't know what a busy man you would be from yesterday and on. Tell me about this blood moon. I mean, uh, you've obviously were at Stromlo observing it. I mean, what a, what a great spot to be doing that. Why do we call it a blood moon? Yeah, so it has to do with the, the, the colour that we see. And essentially, you know, it, it could be bloody. It could be more like what we saw the other night, which was this orangey-red colour. And that's actually because when this happens, some sunlight skims the Earth's atmosphere. And so this light skims the Earth's atmosphere, goes off into space and lights up on the moon. But the light that goes to the Earth's atmosphere is kind of bounced around. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, sunrise and sunset, right? The sky isn't blue. You get those kind of orangey, pinky colors. It's essentially the same phenomenon. So you kind of get this beautiful uh, effect of sunrise and sunset lighting up the surface of the moon so really a special treat absolutely and why red and why and uh, why so rare yeah so look you know the red really just has to do with how that atmosphere bounces the colors of light away the what we call the shorter wavelengths the blue colors go away and we only get those orangey reds and in order for all this to happen though is you have to have this perfect alignment you have to have the sun moon and earth all in this straight row where the sun is lighting up one side of the earth casting a shadow up the space and the moon perfectly goes into that same shadow you know we cast a big shadow into space but not always the angle is in that perfect spot sometimes the moon is a bit higher or a bit lower to the side so every so often it gets right in that shadow and right at the center point is where that little bit of red light skims through and goes off also known as a total lunar eclipse isn't it Exactly. So, you know, it's kind of the reverse of a solar eclipse, where a solar eclipse, the moon gets in the way between the sun and the earth. In this case, the earth is kind of in the way. Um, but it's also interesting because with, with the lunar eclipse, because the earth is so big relative to the moon, especially our shadow that goes out means the lunar eclipse is visible over a large area of the world. So it's visible all across Australia, New Zealand, Pacific uh, Islands, uh, it's in the Americas as well, uh, parts of Asia. Whereas the solar eclipse is so small because the moon has to be that perfect just fit to where the sun's position is relative to Earth, only a small portion of the Earth gets to see it when that happens. Amazing, isn't it? I know that every time you read a, a novel somewhere, you, you read about a wizards in ancient times using this event as a, as a way to show the masses their great powers. Exactly. It's, uh, Christopher Columbus was famous for when he uh, marooned himself in the Caribbean and, let's say, overstate his welcome. Yes. Um, the uh, the indigenous people there wanted uh, well, they wanted to give him the boots, and he said, "If you get rid of me, my god will turn the moon angry, and uh, it will be bloody and red." And sure enough, it happened. So definitely has been used for some nefarious, interesting purposes in the past. <laughs> I'm talking with uh, Brad Tucker, astrophysicist and uh, astronomer at Mount Stromlo Observatory in Canberra. Um, Brad, when's the next one? So we get lunar eclipses or blood moons in series. This was kind of the last one of this series. So they, the, you get a period where you get three or four happening every six months. This was that last one. So the next set happens in 2025. So in 2025, about March, there will be a period of four of them again every six months. But not all are visible in Australia, so it will be the second one of that set. So kind of roughly right now, uh, about September 
2025 looks to be the next one that will be visible in Australia. But, you know, this one was also very family-friendly, right? It was just after sunset. It wasn't in the middle of the night. The next one will probably require a little bit more dedication uh, to see it. Right, but 8 o'clock here was uh, fabulous to watch, and I know so many did. But I I gather, I mean, uh, you'd be so interested, and I I know that uh, international researchers have observed the early stages I was reading of a supernova from, speaking of red, from a red supergiant star around 11.5 billion years ago. I find all this quite fascinating. You've just seen something that was around 11.5 billion years ago. Just arriving on Earth, that's right. And this is kind of one of the things I work on, is trying to find these things that travel the universe. And that's also the benefit of an eclipse, because, you know, some of these things he said, it, you know, it happened 11 billion years ago, and we're only now seeing it, and you need a big space telescope to view it. Whereas with the lunar eclipse, you can talk about what's happening in, in the science and the cool astrophysics happening, and some of the same things that we see in other planets around other stars, but people can go see it with their own eyes. So that connection from the really distant and far to the very personal, I think, is a special one. And Brad, uh, other uh, planets seem to be aligning as well. We seem to be seeing some of the brightest stars in the skies at the moment. That's right. We've had Jupiter and Saturn very bright in the sky, and so people who are looking at the lunar eclipse probably spotted it. Uh, Mars is just rising in the early uh, or later in the evening as well. So it's always a great chance to see, especially when we get these warmer nights and hopefully kind of clearish nights, given, you know, how unclear it kind of has been, <laughs> yes, exactly. um, which, was good, which was good for the eclipse. It actually seemed relatively clear over most of Tasmania um, that, you know, you can go outside and see, again, yes, some of the planets uh, as well as that special event on Tuesday. And, Brad, what is next that we can look forward to in the sky? So we kind of have something uh, in December next month happening. We have the Gemini meteor shower. This is an, uh, a regular meteor shower. Um, but uh, every year sometimes they're better and worse, and this one should be a fairly decent year. It's going to be on December 14th and 15th are the peak, uh, so that's definitely something to look forward to uh, in the evening then uh, to look skyward and see the sky filled with, you know, a few dozen meteors or shooting stars every couple of hours. Absolutely fascinating. Look, I'm glad I've uh, got some of your time to explain that blood moon, um, and I appreciate your time, Brad, this morning. No worries, thanks. Great to talk to you, Brad Tucker, the astrophysicist and astronomer from Mount Stromlo Observatory in Canberra with Tasmania Talks. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.